You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. Now, Ryan, I have to ask, did we already take up the offering? So we've already taken up the offering. Okay, good. The reason I say that is because I want to prove a point that what we're getting into, what we are getting ready to get into has nothing to do with these blue buckets. But we are going to be talking about stewardship and finances and all those types of things. And this isn't to stir up an offering. This is to protect our hearts and to point us in the right way in lordship when it comes to these areas of our life. And I know what you would say, especially the dads out there. Seriously? I showed up to church on Father's Day and you're going to mess with my money? Seriously? Yep. 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 How you doing? Hi there. It's a good distraction. I saw that. We're still talking about money. Don't try to throw cuteness in this mix. <laughs> but we've got some work to do today. I have to be honest with you. We've just come out of 10 weeks, 9 weeks, 10 weeks on what we believe. How many of you went through that with us? On what we believe? Raise your hand. How many of you did it help you? I'll wait. There we go. I see hands going up. Because if not, I'll start over. I have nothing else to do. Right? And we spent the last 10 weeks talking about what we believe, what we as a church, foundationally, doctrinally, what we believe, why, so we can replace the doctrines of Mike and the doctrines of Ryan and the doctrines of Kai with the doctrines of God. Because we all come to God with our own doctrines and our own ways and our own thoughts, and it's my way. And then we get saved, and we think God is just there to redeem our ways. And God says, no, I need to replace those ways because those things led to death. i got to replace those things with my ways. And so we spent the last 10 weeks, and we spent the last 10 weeks digging into the fact of what we believe as a church, everything from starting with the authority of God, the, the authority of the Bible, who Jesus is, our response of repentance and baptism and the Holy Spirit and believing in the supernatural and the body of the church and eternity and that he's coming back, all this amazing stuff. Why? Why do we do that? Well, so that you know what to say when you're asked of why you do this, so that you have a reason, you have something to stand on, and that your response to people when it comes to your relationship with God isn't, I go to church on Sundays. That's not an answer for the gospel. It's just not. It's just your schedule. And so we've spent the last 10 weeks really kind of hashing over that. And one of the areas that we really didn't get into in, in those weeks was, was finances. And it wasn't that we didn't, don't believe in the financial side of things or believe in that God has a plan for us. And when it comes to stewardship, and you need to write that word down if you're a note taker, stewardship. Because if you think I'm just getting ready to talk about money and it's all about money, well, you're going to miss it because it goes so much, so much deeper than that. So let's pray before we get into this. We need to pray that God protects our hearts because I'm just warning you right now, this is one of those sensitive areas that when we get into it, 
yourself. You're going to manifest. If you don't have this in you, if this, if this isn't something that's already foundational, it's going to mess with you. There's going to be a fight. I promise you. Not with me. But it's going to be a fight internally, and you're going to have to deal with it. So I'm just praying ahead of time that, that our, our knees are weak, that when God begins to deal with us, that we can actually just go your way, your way. So let's pray before we jump into this. Father God, I thank you so much. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. I'm so thankful that it leads us away from death and unto life. It leads us in ways that we didn't even see coming. And I'll be honest with you, God, there are certain ways that you've led me that my want-tos and myself goes, I don't know about that. But you've always proven good. And I'm thankful for it. And Father, today I pray that our ears are open, that our hearts are receptive, and I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here enlightening the word to our heart to change us. Why? For us to, to gain, no, but so that you can be revealed through this body in a greater way. Let it be so. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You guys ready for this? Huh? I have to be honest with you. I texted Ryan. We're going to be in this for the next handful of weeks, and we had it planned out for like four weeks. Ryan's going to pick up some of the, I got the easy job today. I'm just kind of laying the foundation. Ryan's going to jump into some, some more of the, the details of this, but today we're going to just kind of deal in the, the heart issues when it's connected to stewardship and finances. Aren't you happy about that? Huh? How many of you are just happy about it? Everybody just say, come on, mess with my money. Come on, let's hear you. Don't you just love that? Oh, it feels good. Right? What'd you come to church for? I want to, it was Father's Day, man. I want to be told I'm an awesome guy. Listen, I gave you a gift card, okay? All right? Goodness gracious. And, and there's donuts and coffee, but we got to deal with this stuff. We got to deal with it. Why? Why? Because he's got a plan for it. Where did I tell you to go? Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 5 through 10. Let's just start there. We're going to lay the foundation of what we would call stewardship. And what is stewardship? Let me just define that word for you for those that are taking notes real quick. Stewardship is very simple. Stewardship is based on the fact of acknowledging that something came from the outside that you've been put in, in charge of, meaning you are now responsible for handling that which you did not eventually create or originally create. Remember we talked about the ladder that God was the ultimate authority and everything comes from him, right? And we know that. We know that he is the ultimate authority, so he defines, he gets to shape the rules, he gets to shape how this works. But we also know that in creation, he gives everything. So everything is his. And so stewardship and the heart that we're going to talk about is, is our role and our responsibility in how we steward that which he's given us. And there's a purpose for it. And the purpose goes far greater and far further than these blue buckets. And I'm going to tell you something if we're, if we're not careful. And the thing that I'm going to try to do is to really bust up that ground 
that our mindset is so attached and maybe so warped and, and maybe even so beaten down that we have this whole mindset of, of giving and finances is only about an offering and, and the thermometer and, and building this and building that and, and all this. It's not. It goes so much deeper than that. And if God designed this plan, there's something that we know about it. We know that it's good. And we know that if we operate in it, it leads to life. But I want you to see this because I want to just start this off right off the bat with you understanding we're going to have a problem. And the problem starts in Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 5. It says this. Oh, and we love this passage, don't we? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We, love, we put this on T-shirts and bumper stickers, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, do what? Submit to him. Boy, it sounds good, right? Submit to him, and he will make your paths what? Straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Uh-oh, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I didn't know that that was in there. I just dug the first part because it read really well like a Hallmark card. Right? I just like that first part about trusting in the Lord with all my heart and not leaning on my own understanding and in all my ways. Oh, yes, God, I'll submit to you. And then right after he says all of that, right after you get all this wisdom of the fact of, of God saying that, that trust in me with all your heart, submit to me, follow my ways, don't lean on your understanding. He begins to mess with something that is so near and dear to our heart. And what is that? Our wealth. He says, I need you to honor me with your wealth. See, right off the bat, he understood there's going to be a problem. There's going to be a problem. And I love how the Holy Spirit operates. The Holy Spirit rare, never comes in afterwards and goes, ha-ha, gotcha. I knew I could trick you. I knew I could trip you up. Nope. The Holy Spirit comes right in from the beginning and goes, I'm going to warn you ahead of time. If you're not careful, there's going to be a problem. That's the beauty of conviction. That's the beauty of the Holy Spirit saying, listen, man, there, there's a stumbling block ahead. But if you don't, if you do these things, you're going to be able to get past it. And so right off the bat, he's going to say, listen, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own thought process when it comes to this, because I'm about to ask you to do something. I'm about to ask you to do something with your wealth and your increase, which is whose, whose wealth is it? Oh, you, oh my, look at you angels. Oh, oh, it's his, Pastor Chris. Look at that, right? It's yours. It's mine, right? It's my stuff, right? Come on now. I love that. I love that. I, I won't tell you where I heard that from, from, but it's us. It's my stuff. And so he says, listen. He says, I need you to trust in me. I need you to submit to me. And then he goes, and, and, and this is why, because I'm going to begin to ask you to do things with your finances that aren't going to make sense in your own understanding. And I'm going to ask you to follow me, and I'm going to lead you in a path that, trust me, you wouldn't have put yourself on. But I need you to trust me. I need you to submit to me. Because why? My ways are good. And my ways lead to life. 
and lead far from death, right? And so right off the bat, we see that the Holy Spirit in all of his kindness is going to say, guys, heads up. Heads up. We're about to go into some territory where your heart's going to get messed with. And one of those areas that we're going to see is going to be in our finances. Now, I want you to see this. Go to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. I just want to start laying this stuff out. And I apologize ahead of time. We're going to jump around. We've got a lot of passages to get through. I'm not going to apologize for going through the Bible. I just apologize for note takers that if you miss this, you can always go back on the podcast, re-listen to it, dig it out. I encourage you to do that, okay? I encourage you to do that. I would also tell you this, that I said this to Ryan. I said, Ryan, we've got four weeks planned on this. We could go another 15 weeks on this. And so I'm just letting you know, we're just getting, we're just scratching the surface with this, okay? But one of the things you're going to see in Proverbs, and I love these truths that are going to start coming out. It says, the one person gives freely. This is Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. It says, one person gives freely, like gains even more, and another one unholds, I'm sorry, withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Now, why do we start there? Well, first of all, we need to do this. We need to, because I know a lot of us are coming from different backgrounds. And I know the second that we begin to hear the word prosperity, some of us freak out a little bit. Right? Some of us get way too excited, but some of us get way too freaked out. And we got to find the middle ground. Because some of us, when we think prosperity, we go, oh my gosh, he's, it's Pastor, Pastor Chris, while he was by himself all this time, finally just lost it. Right? After 14 years, he's getting over into the prosperity message. And, and he's going to say that, you know, it's all about me and it's all about gaining and it's all about what I want to. And if I just go point to that thing, I can have it. And he's going to get over that. No. No. But what we have to understand is, is listen, prosperity, though, it, when we talk about the prosperity message, that is a very self centered message that the end result of the prosperity message is always focused on who me and for my sake and so we're obviously not going to go down that road we've got 14 years of past teaching to prove we're not going down that road but but the opposite of the prosperity message is not the poverty message did you hear what i just said the opposite of biblical prosperity is not poverty. And so what I want to do is I want to make sure that we're seeing this from the angles that the Bible would say and not getting into these weird things because we're human nature, man. We run to extremes, right? We just run to the, to the trinkets. Ooh, I dig all that. Or, or we get so put off by the excess in the church that we just run the other way and we think, oh, it's just about being poor and God wants me poor and he just wants me to not have anything. It's like we, we can't live as if that's the only thing that God can do. It's either poor or weirdly rich. The reality of it is, is there's this beauty in the middle. There is this beauty in the middle where this thing called lordship and prosperity and blessing can actually go hand in hand, and you're still not the central focus of it. That there is still this middle place where the word lands that says, I can bless, 
And you don't have to be the focus. And I can get the glory. And that's where we want to land today. So, so I, I, I want to make sure that we're clear on that. I want to make sure that, because I know, like I said, I can already literally feel it. Like I, I have this like sense I can feel like, you start talking about money and like people's skins, they just, they just do this a lot in their seats. They just, like, they just do that a lot, right? They just look uncomfortable like that, right? And you do, I can see you. Don't make me point you out. I will point you out. But I can see it. But what I'm saying is, is there is a space that we can land. I'm not going to go tell you to sell everything that you have and live in a box, but I'm also not going to tell you to go seek out mansions for your own benefit as if that's the other answer. There is a middle ground where lordship and blessing can actually mix and him get the glory. Okay? So let's keep going. Are you still with me? Anybody need to leave? We won't judge you. Well, I mean, we will a little bit. Let's just be honest. We will a little bit. But let's do this. Let's go to, let's go to the Old Testament. And I know, oh, I can hear it. I can hear the religious go, oh, yeah, that's right. You had to go back to the Old Testament to start talking about giving and tithing. You can't find anything in the New Testament. Don't challenge me. Don't, seriously, don't do that. Leviticus, we just need to lay a foundation here. Leviticus. Chapter 27, starting in verse 30 through 33, we need to lay down an understanding. And biblically, I want you to know this. Biblically, this is the first place you're going to see uh, the 10th kind of be a command. You're going to see giving and offerings well before this. But this is the first place where Moses kind of lays down the law and says, now this is a command of the people of God. This is a command of his. All right? You follow me on this? But I need you to see, oh, I love that. I got like two, yep, okay. Here we go. Leviticus, where did I tell you to go? 27. Let's just read this. A tithe. Everybody know what a tithe is? You do? A tithe is what? What does tithe mean? How much? 8%? 4%? No, it's very clear. A tithe is a tenth. Everybody say that out loud. A tenth. And I know, I just love this. It's, I, I just wish you could see what I see from my seat. It's awesome. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain or from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to who? Who? That's right. It's his. We know that. He established it all, created it all. It's all his. It belongs to him. It is holy to the Lord. Whoever would redeem any of their tithe must add a fifth of the value to it. Do you know what that means? Let me just break that down just for one second. It means this, meaning if you needed some of that grain, right? Literally, this is what he's saying. If you needed some of that grain as a part of your offering, you need to kind of keep that. Well, then you just need to add a percentage of it in cash to make up for the difference. Let me just say, it's good to be a farmer, Right? I didn't realize that. Like, I need to just start, like, planting crops outside. I just bring 10% of, like, asparagus and, and tomatoes, right? I didn't know that. I had to add cash to it, right? In verse 31, it says, whoever, or in verse 32, every tithe of the herd and flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. To who? To the Lord, no one may pick out the good from the bad or make any substitution. If anyone does make a substitution, both the animal and its substitute become holy and cannot become redeemed. So I'm just laying it very, very quick, and I mean quick. 
foundation, when it comes to the fact of where the tenth came from, all of a sudden you see this mandate, this law, that God says, this is going to be holy to me. That which I've given you, yes, given you, yes, supplied you the ability to gain increase, yes, it's all mine. I am now saying that first 10%, it's holy to me. He's defined it. Does he have a, well, let me just ask this question. Does he have a right to define that as holy? Does he have a right to define it as his? Do I need to get out the ladder again? Okay, because the ladder, if I remember the ladder, he was at the top, and if he was at the top and before creation, that means he gets to define everything down, right? So he has the right to do this. So he has the right to say that part right there, that's holy to me. So we see that. Now, I want you to go, and we're going to kind of fast forward this because we'll be here all day. Numbers chapter 18, verse 21 says this, and give to the Levites. And, and the Levites were those that, that handled the, the working of, of, of basically the kingdom. They were basically in this day, in this context, those in the church, right? And it says, and give to the Levites all the tithes in Israel as their, as their inheritance in return for the work they do serving in the tent of meeting. Basically, everything that's a tithe, it comes to the church. Why? Because these guys aren't farmers. So it comes here. We bring it here, Right? And you're going to sit there and say, I know what you're sitting there saying. There it is. There it is. Yep. He just wants it for him, right? No. This has nothing to do with that. This has nothing to do with that. He's saying there has to be a practical place for this to walk out. There has to be a practical place of obedience for you to walk this out. How many of you wrote your checks uh, to God this morning? Anybody here just write your check? No, literally, in the name, pay to the order of God. Anybody? That ain't going to cash. If you did, nice move, right? I mean, I, I, respect the, I respect the effort. You're like, I gave big today, right? Look at all those zeros. Yeah, but you made it out to God. That's not how this works. He set, it up, he set up a structure. Why? Because there had to be a practical place for you to walk out this obedience. See, follow me on this. Finances are tangible, right? Everybody get out your wallets or your purses or whatever you carry your finances in. Get it out. Get it out. Come on. I'm not going to come and get them. This isn't that. We're not doing that, all right? Look at you guys. Some of you got chains on them. Seriously. I'm just saying right now, for those of you that might have a chain on your wallet, there might be a deep-seated root there that God might be working on. I'm not going to point out anybody, but I'm just saying, if you've got a chain on your wallet, you might have some lordship issues. Just saying, I'm, I'm not here to judge you, all right? But how many of you hold that stuff up, your checkbook, your card? Is it tangible? How do you walk in obedience when it comes to that stuff? There has to be somewhere for you to put that. Oh, well, that doesn't seem right. Uh, I should be able to, to put it where I want to. Oh, that's right, because you get to make the rules. Right? 
Well, then, I, I forgot. You were at the top of that structure, and he said, I'm designing something. I've got a plan here on where I want things to go and give you a practical place for you to walk in obedience. But no, 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 no. I don't want to take it to the church. I don't trust them there. I'll just give it to all these ministries on this, or I'll give it to this shelter over here, or I'll do this, or I'll do that. That's where I'll send my tithe. Oh, really? So you get to decide what you want to do with the thing that he said was holy to him and gave you a plan on where to put it and to walk it out. We don't think that we're struggling some kind of obedience and lordship issues. This goes deeper than finances, guys. This goes much deeper than that. This is always going to be about your way versus his way. His way of life and his plan versus your way. Let's keep going. Because I know some of you are just sitting here thinking, well, Pastor Chris, you just created the very thing that you've been preaching against for the last 14 years, the haves and the have-nots, right? If we bring it all to you, you're going to have, and I'm going to have not. But I love this, that he even throws those that work in the church, he throws us, he throws those leaders, even basically, and says, it, ain't, it, it doesn't stop there. Go to Numbers chapter 18, verse 26. It says this, now also speak to the Levites. You know the guy that you just brought that tent to? Speak to them and say to them, when you receive from the Israelites the tithe and I give you as your inheritance, you must also present a tenth of that, of that tithe as the Lord's offering. Meaning it affects everybody. This isn't just about a me speaking to you. It's all of us are in this. Nobody's excluded from this. Why? Because it's all about a lordship issue to him. It's all about a place where it says, I've got to stay there. Now, I want to do something real quick because I know some of you are going to some of you are going to freak out and, and you're already struggling with the whole fact of the tenth. Will you go to Acts chapter 2 for me real quick? Acts chapter 2 starting in verse 42 through 45. Are you still with me today? Good. Acts chapter 2 Verse 42 through 45, we know that this is the beginning of the church age. We know that this is the beginning. Peter's just got up in the book of Acts. Jesus is gone. The Holy Spirit has come. Peter gets up there and says, this is that. People get saved, and now they're gathering. The original church, right? I want you to show something here, and I, I really want to deal with this. I want you to get this clear, people. Because I know some of you are struggling with that whole tenth. How dare you say? How dare you want my 10%? How dare God say that I want my tenth? But let me just show you the heart of the original church. Because if we're struggling and stumbling over a tenth, then we've got a long way to go to get to the heart of what the original church looked like. Let's just read there. It says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Underline that, that has nothing to do with the message, but you need to underline that. They didn't devote themselves to the apostles, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. There's a difference. To the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and the signs performed by the apostles. All of the believers were together and had everything in common. They were all walking to Christ. And they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And we're stumbling over 10%. Guys, listen to me. I think it'll be fair that if we just start at 10%, and work our way to the heart of this. Are you following me on this? What I'm trying to say is, 
is for those that are struggling with that 10%. 10% is not the ending goal. We see the heart of the church, where the heart of the church in the beginning of Acts, which should be the heart of the church in continuation until Jesus comes back, is that they've lost all concern of their needs. They've gone, lost all concern of what is mine. And they say, you know what? We're coming together. We'll sell everything we have. We'll sell our possessions, our stuff. Why? So the guy in the back row has what he needs, and the guy in the front row has what he needs, and that single mom has what she needs, and that couple over there have what they need. And if I have it, they can have it. So, so you're welcome that we're just going to start on 10%. Did you hear what I just said? We're working our way to the heart of being set free by the bondage of the pride of life and the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. We're working towards that heart. We're not there yet. So let's just start where God starts and said, let's talk about 10%. Let's talk about a tenth, but we're working somewhere. We're working to a place where we get to that, to that place, like I think it says in Matthew, where it says, man, don't store up things on this earth. Don't store up treasures here. Store them in heaven. Meaning I, I no longer even look at the trinkets that I have and the things that God's provided me as stuff for me. I, it's not even mine anyway. I'm going to store up treasures in heaven. So what I have, if you need, you can have it. So there's a heart that we're working towards. There's a heart. This 10% that God is starting with is not the beginning and the end and the middle. It is the beginning of lordship leading us somewhere that's going to do something in our heart for a purpose. And we're going to see what that purpose is now. Are you still with me on this? Is anybody got to leave? We got to go? Okay, good. Let's keep going. Keep going. I told Ryan at some point he might just have to come up and tackle me. I'm just being honest with you. You might have to just tackle me because there's so much, man. There's so much. So let's keep going. So why? Why do we have to do this? Why is God so concerned about our money and our finances and stewardship? Why? If it's his, why does he need it from me? Why does he need it from me? Can't he get it from somebody else? Seriously. Does he know what this economy looks like? Seriously, right? Come on now. We're in a pandemic. Come on. Why? So why does God mess with us? Why does God say, listen, I need you to trust me. I need you to submit to me when it comes to your finances and walk in lordship in this. Why? Well, there's always a reason why, and there's always two things. He's trying to work something out of us, and he's trying to work something into us. So what are those two things? And we're going to close with this, okay? I'm going to leave you with these truths. Are you still with me? What is he trying to work out of us? Selfishness and self-righteousness. What is he trying to work into us? Selflessness and his righteousness. These are the two things that he's trying to get out and how he's trying to bring in. And you think it's about a blue bucket. Nope. So let's look at this real quick. Let's just look at these examples. Matthew chapter 23. Go to verse 23 with me. Matthew chapter 23, starting in verse 23. Let's just talk about that self-righteous mentality when it comes to our finances and God trying to work that out of us. See, you, you have to, we have to go just a little bit deeper, and I apologize. We have to go just a little bit deeper on the why and why he's trying to work this out. Let's go back to the ladder. So do I need to get the visual out? You can see this, right? 
Do you remember when we talked about the church and the whole purpose of the church and why he created and uses the body? What's the purpose of the church body? To do what? To reveal who? I'm sorry? To reveal him, right? Right? So prior to the church age, the Holy Spirit came on people. He spoke through people. But he said, now in the church, I'm going to use that broken people to reveal me, to bring wisdom and show my wisdom to the, to the rulers of the land. I'm going to use them to reveal me. So if that's the case, that answers the big question of why he's trying to work this out of us. Because he cannot be revealed in this aspect of his goodness if the people that are designed to reveal him are selfish and self-righteous. Follow me on this? So the way to work this out of us is one of the biggest ways to work it out of us is to get us under lordship when it comes to our finances. You want to mess with somebody being selfish? Mess with what's theirs. You want to mess with somebody's self-righteousness? Mess with what's theirs. And he says, listen, I'm doing this not for your sake, but for my sake. I designed you as a body to reveal me. I need you to be clear as a group. I need Corey. I need Sonia. I need Kai to be walking this way, to be selfless and, and righteous in my eyes. I need that. Why? So that for your benefit, so I can add more trinkets to you? No, so that they can see me. So that's the big question. Why? Why is God working all of this in us? Why is he concerned about our money at all? Well, this is why. It's for his name's sake so that he can be revealed and it's, we're not as a church, his body, confusing. So Matthew chapter 23 says this. Let's just deal with this real quick. Matthew chapter 23, starting in verse 23, says this. Woe to you, teachers of the laws and the Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, cumin. I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's chili? Is that the thing? Who said that? Is that true? It's chili? Okay, good. Now I know this. You learn something every day. They had chili back there. Chili's biblical. All right? But you have neglected, follow me on this, you tithe, but you neglect the more important matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Now right there, right there, we see that Jesus is not tithe. Like, not against tithing. In fact, he doesn't. He had the opportunity right there in that moment to just go, guys, I was here to shut all that down. You don't got to do that anymore, right? But he says, he literally says, he goes, guys, you're tithing. You're doing this. This is right. But you're doing it from the wrong heart. You're missing the greater heart of all these other things. You should have been doing that which you are doing, which is right, but then also continuing and taking up the heart so that you're not just doing a God-type thing, but in a wrong way, but you're doing it so I can be seen clearly in this. Go to uh, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 1, says this. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. 
But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will what? Rewards you. And again, you can also see this again, almost mirrored exactly in Luke chapter 11, verse 42. God is saying, listen, guys, you can do something that I have ordained, but you can do it from the wrong heart and miss the whole point of it. Do you know, there have been many times, I'm not going to say many, because you guys will leave and judge me. Let's say a few. Uh, there have been times in my life where I know that I've given out of self-righteousness. I've given because, well, it made me feel good about myself. I've given. Have you ever given? Let, let's, just, let's just make this real practical. You know those tip jars on countertops? You know, the, you know what I'm talking about? You go to a store, there's a tip jar on there. How many of you have waited for the person to see you put the tip in to make sure that they know, that you know, that they know that you gave in that tip jar? Anybody? Any, no, no, raise your hand so he's not alone because I know he's not alone. Right? Because like you're like this. You go out, you're like, I'm going to tip him. I'm, I'm definitely going to tip him. And then you go to tip and you're like, nobody's looking at this. No, wait. And then they turn around and you're like, mm-hmm. Bless you and your ministry, right? Go in peace, my child. We do that. You can give. You can do that in an offering bucket. You can do that in You can give and do what God ordained and says, this is my plan, but do it from a heart of self-righteousness, and guess who gets the reward? You. That is your reward. That look on the person's face at the counter is like, yeah, thanks for that 50 cents, right? Thanks for that 13 cents in pennies that you didn't want to carry around in your pocket. Thanks for that, right? Like a big spender, right? You get the reward, and the whole purpose of this is for God to get the glory. But the Bible says, I love this, that if we do things in the right way, there is a residue of blessing for us, but yet God still gets the glory. Or are you seeing this connection? He doesn't disconnect the two. He doesn't say, listen, if you do this my way, there's no reward for you. There's no residual effect for you. There is, but I still get the glory and you don't. And that's the point. So you can do things self-righteously. You can walk up here self-righteously and put that offering in. And I don't care how many zeros it is. I don't care how many zeros are there. If you walk up here self-righteously, great. God will use that in the kingdom, but you just got your reward. That's it. And you get the glory. And we've missed it. We've missed it. So God says, listen. Listen, I've got to work self-righteousness out of you. I've got to work my righteousness into you. And that righteousness is based on me always knowing it ain't from me anyway. Think about that. Your righteousness in Christ, it's not based on your works and what you do. So even in our giving, my righteousness and my giving and my tithing, it's not based on what I've done. It's on what he's given me. And so I'm just giving him the glory right back. You follow me on this? Now let's look at the next thing. You still with me? I know this is a lot, guys. I know, but I'm so proud of you. The, God's maturing this church up. Come on now. 
I want you to see this. So not only is he working out self-righteousness, he's working into us righteousness. Now, now let's look at selfishness, right? And we can see this in Matthew chapter 19. You don't have to go there. The rich young ruler, right? He, he's done all these great things. And then Jesus goes, sell everything you got and come follow me. And he's like, ah, I'll take my chances, right? And he goes away sad. Why? Because he had much because it was his and that's my stuff. But I want you to see something here. I want you to see that this problem in us has been manifesting and this selfishness and this I want and it's my stuff and it's I deserve it has been manifesting from the beginning. Go to Genesis and we'll end here. Genesis chapter 2. I know everybody always talks about Genesis and the great fall. God sets this great plan up and, and we know there's a serpent and the, 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 you know, the, the girl gives the, the, the fruit to the, to, the, to the guy just standing there and messes it all up. And it's, and it's always about, and we, and we know it's this struggle of my will versus God's will. God said, listen, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 and 17, God defines his plan. He says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it, meaning that's the foundation of stewardship. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat it from it, you will certainly die. You know what God just did there? I've given you everything, but that one's mine. That's holy to me. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sounds familiar like what Moses said. Moses said, listen, God says that he's given us all this increase but he said, that's mine. That's holy to me. He's been doing this from the beginning. But look how we fell. And we think the great fall is pride. It is. Pride of my way. We know what happened. The serpent came in and basically said, did God really say that? Is that really what went down? Oh, he doesn't mean that. And then what happened? How did the sin manifest? We know the sin of the heart. The sin of the heart was man and woman said, no, my way against God's ways. But how did it manifest? It manifested in something tangible. It manifested in I want that and I deserve that. She saw that it was good, that it was pleasing, even though God said that's mine. You know, kind of like that 10% that you're struggling with, you look at it and you go, hmm, I could do something with that. Man, I made that. I deserve that. I want that. But he said it's his. Did he? Did he really? And all of a sudden we see, just like the original sin, that pride that rises up in man that says, my way is better than yours. I know that you made this plan, but I'm not going to lean on my, I'm not going to lean on your truth and your, I got my own understanding. I'm going to land there and I'm going to take that for mine because it's my way. And how did it manifest? It manifested through stuff. I deserve it. It's mine. Guys, this has been going on from the beginning. This has been a hard issue from the very beginning, from the very first sin, from the very first fall. Had to do with money. Now, money, whether it was an apple or a dollar bill, it doesn't matter. It's all increased. It's all stuff that you didn't have that he said he gave you and that he said is holy. Are you following me on this? From the very beginning. This has been our struggle. This has been our manifest. And you don't wonder why he's been trying forever to work this out of us? He's got work to do. Why? Because I'm broken and I'm selfish. I'm broken and I'm self-righteous. But if we begin to see this the way that God sees it, that his plan is good and his ways are right, and I can go back to Proverbs, and I'm just going to 
close by reading that again because I think all of a sudden this makes a lot more sense now. I can go back to Proverbs and I can read this and it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but all your ways, all of them. Listen, I know you've submitted to God in so many things, but he wants them all. And this one's included in it for a purpose. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Oh, God, I need to get out of debt. Oh, God, I just want to, oh, God, I need to pay off all these things. If you could just send some ravens or drop some gold in my lap. He will make your way and your path straight. You want to get out of debt? You want to you get on his way of how he wants you to run? If there are things that you need, if there's things that a plan of his, guys, it's got to start here. We have got to start acknowledging his plan and his way is good and right. Are you following me on this? And then it says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled and overflowing and your vats will brim over uh, with new wine. I got to get some vats and I got to buy a barn. Does this make sense? The Holy Spirit is preemptively striking. Say, guys, this is going to be a stumbling block. It's going to be a problem. It's going to be a hard issue. Why? Because it's been a hard issue from the very beginning. Your way versus my way. Your selfishness and your self-righteousness versus my righteousness and my selflessness that I want to reveal to the world through you. But we got to start here. That's what we sound like when God messes with our money. It's exactly what we sound like. No. But no. Right? No. I sound like that. I stomp my feet too. No. Right? I do. Does this help anybody? Come on, man. We're just starting. We're just going to start here. We're going to get into the next couple of weeks of some practical application because without practical application, all of us do this. We just go, yeah, submit to God. Finances are God's stuff, and that's good, and it's all his. Yeah, and then we walk out. We have no idea how to apply it. What good is that? Then we're still not mature. We're still not walking in what God has for us. So we're going to get some practical application and some practical truth, and we're going to be changed, and we're going to be matured up, and we're going to reveal him, and it's going to be for his glory. Are you excited about that? Yeah, it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. So let me pray for us. Let me pray that God protects our heart. Because the enemy likes us selfish. The enemy surely likes us self-righteous. Father, I just pray that you protect us. Father, I pray that you mature us up. Father, I pray even that as we go forward that nothing that we present is done from a place of self-righteousness, that we're all in a place in this area that we all need work and we're all being matured up together. But Father, where we need to repent, let it be so. Where we need to get to that place in Proverbs where, we, where we're struggling with trying to lean on our own understanding, but I can't afford, I can't do this. All of a sudden, let's trust in you. Let's acknowledge you. Let's acknowledge that your paths are right and good. And know that we can find safety there. Father, keep us in this next week and the next weeks to come. Help us reveal you for your name's sake. In Jesus' name. And everybody send. Amen. Thanks for joining. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.